Welcome to the Straight Red Podcast. The football show made by the common man for the common man for the common man. With weekly guests, your host, Josh Lipshot, will break down the big issues. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to the third episode of the Straight Red Pod, the show bringing you spicy takes worthy of a straight red. I'm your host, Josh Lipshot, and we have another bumper episode in store tonight with the pod's first guest joining me virtually, live and direct from Sydney, Australia, being Addie Goldberg and Justin Golan. Lads, how are you going? Oh, pleasure to be here. Pleasure to yeah, be here? Super, yeah, super, super. Very excited to, to be on the Straight Red Pod. Um, what an honour it is. It is an honor. I know, Jazz, you've been uh, chomping at the bit for a number of weeks now to get on the pod and you've finally been given your opportunity. Um, no topic is off limits tonight, but we do have a lot to cover um, with the first week of Premier League action getting underway. Um, and I'm pumped to be here in the studio going through it all with both of you. Um, but today we're going to be covering mainly the first week of Prem games. Um, we're going to listen to Jazz rant for the next 45 minutes about how bad United are. Um, and keep it pretty chill, maybe talk back some soccer memories um, and, and just have a chat in general. So pretty excited. Let's get stuck in. Um, as always, to introduce my guests today on the pod, I will ask a couple of introductory questions. So first up, Ad, maybe you want to tell me your team support and your favorite memory having met any famous footballer, if you do have such a memory. Um, all right, well, loud and proud in my united red shirt right now wearing a 1999 um original shop so um i would say i'm a diehard fan but justin would heavily disagree with that um all right right. guess my brush with fame in football is is very much few and far between i i went to the closest i got was um i went to an everton senior fc game back in what 2010 and um that's the best type of football you'll ever see in <laughs> i think it was a two nil down um and timmy went for Man. a um kind of slow victory lap at the end of the game and i stayed behind for him to sign my Sydney fc i think it was a hanky at that point was, <laughs> you really do take anything proud. you pull out like it a t-shirt proud. a hanky mate like whatever wasn't a proud piece of memorabilia, but he signed it nonetheless. Uh, but I will say that that is my biggest brush with history, biggest brush with um, fame so far. But I will put a shout out to my little cousin who plays for West Ham United, six years old. Wow. And that's unbelievable. Just going to put my podcast shout out early because I've met him before and he's going to be a fucking superstar. What, what position does he play? Striker. Of course What's he does, right? You know how Ari Rubenstein. Ari Rubenstein. Remember, Remember the, name. the name. Ari Rubenstein. You know, you know how you Rubenstein. see those videos of like kids, like when they're young, you know, those weapon kids playing for like Barca Academies. Like you see those videos from yeah. when Messi was younger and he's just tearing it apart. Like, does he have like a highlights package yet? Or is it like, is it on deal? Like, yeah, is that you, good? You do get like a, um, a free kick gets sent to me by his mom every now and again. I, I find though, like kids playing football, it's not like kids skiing. You know, you've seen them go down the mountain and they're, they're superstars from day one. Yeah. Kids playing football, it's all over the place. It's kicking and screaming. But they, they figure out how to assign kids to West Ham at six years old. So It is crazy to think. But they've been doing it for so many years. Like, you know, they, they know. And, and kids who have got it, generally, you know, they've got it straight away from such a young age. But um, 
Massive shout out to Ari Rubenstein. He's going places. Uh, he'll be playing for the Australian national team at the 2075 World Cup in Ethiopia. So, <laughs> um, Jazz, welcome to the pod. Uh, please take it away. Amazing to be here. My name is Justin Golan. Um, I support um, Manchester United. Um, before people probably listening to this are saying, oh, glory support. I'm actually not. My dad supported them way back when. Lots of history in the go of the name. Back when we won nothing, or just to get that sort of speech um, when I was growing up. Um, I do have a great story, not a great famous footballer, but a great story and a very close connection. So it was around 2000 and, 2009, 2010. So peak, peak Justin Golden. Shithousery is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Peak Justin Golden yeah. football career. Peak Justin True. Golden shithousery. I'm wearing like a green Converse jumper. I've got like a little slouched beanie. I'm about four foot 11, pretty tubby. And during that time, me and my mate Brad Blumenthal, shout out Brad Blumenthal, absolute weapon of a footballer. We'll get to him at the later stage. That's his pod. second mention on the pod so far. He got a mention last week as well. So don't want to pump him up yeah. too much, but carry on. When, um, when Melbourne Heart was established as a football club in the A-League, we were obsessed. We just devoted ourselves to becoming absolute diehard fans. And me and Brad, like a little schlep as we were, we used to go to the games. And then afterwards, we used to hang around and leech, like try and get into the clubs, going like upstairs, because we were members as well. So we could have sort of be in a room where all the players were saying speeches. And one night there was a time where players were saying speeches and we just stuck around there and we were just waiting in the car park. And in the car park, we were bewildered to find Wutke Worm. The man, Wutke the Wutke myth, Wutke. right? He's like, <laughs> you know his nationality? I think he could be Dutch. He's Dutch. He's, he's definitely actually, Dutch. He's more than myth. <laughs> Scandinavian or something? I don't Doesn't know. matter. It was him in the flesh standing there. Slimy. He's got this like slimy blonde hair, like slicked back. We see Is that what you're going for right now? Is your haircut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying. I mean... Yeah, ever since this, yeah, we'll get to that. Basically, we see him in the parking lot and he goes, hey, lunch. And I was like, oh my God, it's Rutger Worm. And he goes, do you want do you want me to take you home? And we were thinking, holy shit. Like, our parents probably wouldn't be happy with this. We're like 14-year-old boys, but you're not not going to get in Rutger Worm's arms and take you home an alien game. So we get in the car. On Rutger the other hand, you're also like equally as shocked that Rutger Verms just offered you a lift. Like, yeah, yeah. But like we, we are in the moment. This is a bloke who's probably on like 55 grand plus super <laughs> playing in the A-League. Like Pretty he's good. driving a Kia. Like he takes us home to, um, it takes us like halfway through the home. We're chatting in the car. That was a really funny memory. We thought it was so cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of B grade, C grade experiences that you you'll relish for the rest of your life. And he he will move on and never forget. He'll forget you guys, I should say. But the lasting impression that had on you and young Bradley, um, memories for a lifetime. Um, lads, a ripping story. Fun fact uh, for the pod: I was uh, on my way home from Europe a couple of weeks back, and standing at my gate to get on the flight home was Adama Traore, which was pretty unbelievable. Um, in the flesh. I reckon that's still close to my, my biggest, almost famous. Oh, I have met Luis Suarez as well, actually. That was pretty big. When Liverpool came to Melbourne. Oh, wow. yeah. I was there. You were hugging the selfie time. Like, oh, could, wow. could, it was crazy. Could, yeah, I didn't even know you at that point. What's Josh, he like in the flesh? He's, 
I was a little shit as well. I'm pretty sure I asked because it was right after they had that biting incident at the World Cup. And I'm, I, he barely spoke a lick of English. Like, I, I went up to him and I was like, like, you bite, you bite, you bite, you bite. And he, like, laughed. He was a good sport about it. But it was scary. The one thing, because I met the whole team sort of were training at the time. And I, I went up to Suarez. The one thing I remember was Martin Skirtle. I don't know if you remember him. He used to be a centre-back in the Premier League. Massive Scandinavian guy, probably 6'5", 6'6". Like, he, he is the scariest man of all time. I, like... You don't mess with them. They're crazy. So not Scandinavian. I think he was from Serbia or something. But the scariest individual I've ever met mm. in my entire life. Um, I hate to um, I, hate, I hate to fact check the please. the straight pod Josh Lipshot. The bite wasn't at the the World Cup. The bite was like in the Premier League. He did something. Oh, else you're the right. World Cup. Thank you. And great segue. I was actually at the game at the World Cup. <laughs> where he had ball. Sorry, Unbelievable. I was at the game. Johannesburg, quarterfinal, China boy. You don't forget a memory Uruguay, like that. Uruguay v Ghana. One all. Um, that was the handball, you're right. Went to penalties. Yeah. Yeah, they, they should have scored in the 95th. The ball was about to go to the line. Handball on the line. Suarez straight red card. Before VAR, surprised they even saw it. Um, Lockie VAR, shout out to him. Um, and then Osama Gian to win, to take them to the semifinals, the whole of Africa on the weight of his shoulders, hits the crossbow over the bar. Uruguay go on to win penalties. Unbelievable. Like and I know... Swarov celebrating in the tunnels. We're going segue into segue into segue here. <laughs> but what, what's the best game of football you've ever been to? Like, do you, is there one that you can... that, that strikes out for you as, as hands, something? Hands down. Again... One pathetic opponent versus another pathetic opponent makes it the best form of football you can ever watch. <laughs> Going to back to Sydney FC, another charity <laughs> match versus LA Galaxy, Beckham on the team, comes up and does a free kick at the 25-yard line, scores it. It was incredible. I was the only person in the crowd with my friend um, <laughs> where to wear an LA Galaxy shirt. And because there's no such thing as a diehard um, A-League fan in Australia, no one really gives a shit. <laughs> Not <So>. at all. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm trying to think what the best game I've ever seen was. I don't know. Because there are some games, you know, just for the atmosphere and like, you know, they weren't, the game wasn't that incredible, but it was more the, the experience as a fan. But other games were genuinely absolute crackers. I don't even know. I'm trying. I think, yeah, the first time I went to Stanford Bridge for, for some reason, I saw Drogba score. That was... And as a Chelsea fan, that was probably, I think it was like three nil, but Drogba scored and he ran over to the corner flag that was right next to me. And I just, wow. he, I swear he looked me dead in the eye and like, I almost yeah, broke down. Sure like, I didn't know what to do. Um, can we talk, can we talk about Didier Drogba for just one second? Is man, that possible? Da, please, please. One of the most prolific strikers I think the Premier League's ever seen. Prolific. But the issue is he's sort of, I feel like he's, he's categorized up there with like, you know, your Henri. You're thinking your your Bergkamp. He's in that. He's maybe not even Bergkamp. Bergkamp's probably above him. But he's there's a whole there's a whole gang of strikers up there that and, and they're all the same. Like how do you you know? I feel silly sometimes comparing because it's like they're all great. We, we feel I lucky think, to watch them. I think it's just like at that time every individual team had that like star striker that really stood out for their colours and that yeah. was Drogba for Chelsea. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he, I don't know if he's in Henri's stratosphere. I don't think anyone is. I think Henri's one of the best. Yeah, players you're probably right. But he had this t- 
tenacious desire to score goals and he had the X factor. One one of my favorite goals he's ever scored was on the edge of the box. I think it was against Liverpool. He was face away from the goal. The turn and on then, his chest, yeah. chest and in one motion left foot. Pepe Reina did not move it. He had inch. no idea where the ball was. Unbelievable. Was, yeah. And, and yeah. of course, in the Champions League header, I mean, yeah. like, come on. And there's no, there's not, and that was what he was. He was a big game player. Like it, it was just unbelievable. I've cried twice, I think, in my life from watching football. The first time was uh, in the semi-final of that same Champions League campaign when Torres rounded the keeper and, and scored off the most ridiculous. That yeah, was just an insane game, another discussion. But the second time was in that final when out of nowhere, Drogba just came through and he just slammed yeah. that header in. Unbelievable. Did, you, did, you not, did, he, did he stare you through the TV that time? 100%. I, I, he stared into the windows of my soul. I literally, <laughs> we had a spiritual connection then. Um, did boys. You not, did, you not, did you not cry when John Terry missed the penalty in 2008? Sorry, there have been three times I've cried in my life. That was, <laughs> that was devastating. I actually had a, going into that shootout, I had a bad feeling. You know, sometimes you're just going into shootouts, you're like, there's no way yeah. we're winning this. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. I don't know. Dead a dream. Dead a dream. Anyway, lads, let's get stuck into some Premier League action. Um, so what I thought we'd do for the pod today is just run through each of the matches. We can um, talk sharp about what we, our opinions are on the game and players and whatnot. We'll kick it off with um, the Arsenal game, which is the first one of the weekend. Crystal Palace 0, Arsenal 2. What do you guys think? Have you, have you noticed, by the way, that the two United fans over here is trying to push along talking about the Premier League as long as possible? <laughs> trying to avoid anything to do with United. So, yeah, let's start anywhere but there. Please. I might put a spoiler yeah. alert in the pod afterwards to say that, like, there's going to be 30 minutes dedicated to United at the end. So, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. But we will start with Arsenal. Back to Arsenal. I... I think Arsenal are looking like an incredible, incredible outfit. Mm. I think Gabby Jesus says a signing. What a, what a tidy piece of business. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just looking so agile. He's such a smart player. And like City signed him sort of three, four years ago because he was a starlet. He's yeah. a Brazilian kid, yeah. absolute star. He knows where the goals are. And they've got Zinchenko as well, like playing uh, in the midfield, doing some incredible stuff. Yeah, and their whole team's starting to shape together. They've got Saka, um, Odegaard, who's, who's the captain, and I think they look really good. And they could be right up there in the, in the second and third spots for me, to be honest. It's a bit weird, though, isn't it, to see an Arsenal team that you actually are, like a bit wary of, and like you're genuinely impressed yeah. by some of their young guns. Um, and that's the kind of you know they they won the game, but I think they lost to Crystal Palace in the opening day last season. It was like three 0 but. You feel like in the past, because I don't know if you guys saw the highlights, but they had a lot of chances, Crystal Palace, like a lot of chances. Feel like it, it felt like the kind of game that Arsenal would have lost in the past. Um, and they just found a yeah. way to win. And yeah, super impressive. So credit, cre- absolutely credit to Arsenal. Ads, yeah? As a, as a non-Arsenal fan, like looking at just the torture they've been through for the last few seasons and then seeing how the far they came you know, last season, mm. there's there's a kind of like this emotional spin when you watch them. You you have this like feeling of like, oh, not woe is me. I'm an Arsenal fan. It's like that. They're playing good football these days, and um, they came out the um, they came to the first game of the season guns blazing. And Crystal Palace is a good team. Like there's enough to be said about them. Right. Like Zaha keeps um, putting them away. Like he's not as clinical finisher as they need, but um, yeah, they 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 definitely um, not one to um, trifle with and Arsenal did a really good job. 
And in a weird way, because they're not playing Champions League this season, that will really help them, you'd think, in the Prem. Like, not as many games and another season under Arteta where they've really been able to gel and, and, and learn how to play under his system and, and with his belief and his tactics. Um, you, you do think that it'll it'll work wonders. And, my, yeah, as you said, Palace are a good side. Vieira's a good manager. He had a great season last year. So, um, And that's a tough game to go and get a point. So, yeah, as I said, full credit to Arsenal. Um, as, as far as the... Um you know, players turn coaches that we've seen um, come up in the last few years. We've got Gerard Lampard, Arteta. Who do, who do we think has... Who was a better um, coach than they were a player? Not Wayne Rooney. Yeah, well, <laughs> is he, he's a manager at Derby. I mean, he left Derby, I think. No, I he, he left Derby, yeah. I think I he's in America. There's, yeah. He's gone to DC United and, like, everyone was giving him stick. Like, you've gone to coach DC United and he came out saying, like, it's a challenge. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like at the end of the day, it, it's his Wayne Rooney. He can do whatever he wants. And yeah, that, including getting DUIs. Yeah. Jesus. That's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so. Just to wrap, up the, wrap, to wrap up the Arsenal thing with you, I think that um, Arteta has had the time to build the system, mm. and that's something that, us United fans are, are desperate for, just like belief in who you are. He's obviously Pep's protege and we all know Pep's God tier. Um, so I believe in him and I think Arsenal are under something. Separate separate discussion, but I think Pep Guardiola is slightly overrated. I said it. <gasps> Disagree with me if you like, and I know it's a spicy take. It's called the straight red pod. Well, I think we it's unpack like, that now? We can't like, I don't know if we can do it now. Maybe the end will come back to it. Have you followed the season on Amazon Prime? Yes, um, I have. He's, I, he's inherited the some of the greatest teams of all time. And I'm not saying that he's not a good manager. I think he's a good manager, but I think he's We're overrated. We're all built on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're not wrong. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll unpack that. We'll, let's, let's keep to the Prem. But... Uh, next game was Fulham to Liverpool two. Now that was a surprise result. Um, what what yes. did you guys think of that? Cracking game, absolutely cracking. Watching Fulham come out of the park. How good is Adam Mitrovic oh. back in the prem? That guy just he he knows where the goals are more than anyone. Yeah, but he hasn't been able to do it in the prem. How many times have, have has he come up yeah, and of course. I mean, he's got for fun in the championship and, and not done it in the prem? Yeah, of course. But I guess, yeah, Fulham can't do it in the Prem. So it was, yeah. just interesting. it was great to see him get in the short sheet. I think he's got a brace, right? Yeah, he's got the pen. One penalty. And I don't and know if he did it. Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. One pen and one very um, clever finish. Um, it was great to see uh, Darwin Nunes go in the score sheet. A very cocky little finish, like side of the foot. Yeah, he actually... Like, chill out, bro. He got more credit no, for it than he thought. Uh, yeah. He also... Another one, I watched the highlights. He tried another one of those before he scored that one. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, it was um you know, it was a it was a it was a good game though. He came off the bench and you'd think he'd probably start most games from now on for, for Liverpool. Did they underestimate Fulham, do you think? I think they, they came out to play Fulham. In the first ten minutes they were they were all over Liverpool. Um Yeah, but I th- I think saying something about the first like ten minutes of the game, like it, it doesn't really like I, f- I feel like talking about Liverpool in the isolation of this game is it, it, it doesn't really mean much when you look at the scope of what the whole season is going to be. I feel mm, like I what we saw is just like shaking the magic eight ball and knowing that this is going to be Liverpool's whole season. They're going to be 
you know, winning games, close, uh, dominating on the field, and then they're going to get to the end of the season. They're going to look at the points that they dropped here and at the very beginning and think, yeah. "Shit, it is history repeating itself." This yeah. is where we. That, this is where they lose it right here. Crazy, and you'd um, think and this season's going to be crazy. I think with the World Cup as well, it's gonna it's gonna wreak havoc with teams because especially the the Liverpool's, the Cities, the you know the, the top teams because half their squads are going to head off in November, December. And, you know, you're looking at your teams lower down the table, you're, I don't know, Southampton or whatever it is, um, who don't have as many players playing for the World Cup. Like, fatigue is going to become an issue. Plus, Champions League, like, there's just a lot of games on. So that's why having good squad depth this season is going to be more important, I think, than, than other seasons. But, yeah, it's a, it was a bit of a shock result. I haven't seen Van Dyke be skinned like that in the lead-up to that penalty in a long time. Like, that was genuinely weird. Yeah, I think Trent was also. Everyone was saying Trent was out of his depth as well, not playing well. Sometimes, yeah, um, it's. You feel like sometimes defensively, he he's not as strong as other wing backs or right backs. Obviously, going forward, he's one of the, the top in the world. But, um, but yeah, credit to Fulham, credit to their fans. Maybe maybe they'll be right this season. I sort of coming into the the season, I thought like Fulham and Norwich were like the same team, literally like interchangeable, just coming up and down, up and down. But. Maybe they can stay up. We'll see. Uh, also, also credit to a little niche fact: they they changed the camera angle at Fulham this year. Really? They just built a new stand. They built a new stand, so it was much higher than it used to be, which was a bit weird. But because <laughs> you watch a lot of Fulham games, yeah, from your extensive experience. <laughs> yeah, in, in in Liverpool's defense, not the easiest thing going to Craven Cottage on a rainy night on a Wednesday. No, not the easiest thing. But they also have a front three of Salah, Firmino. Like, don't think Jota was playing, but Nunes. 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 Gun. He's going to be a gun, I think. Quick shout out to Sadio Mane. Yeah. He won as a bun. Yeah. Good on him, mate. Yeah. Why don't you tell him personally? <laughs> Hold on. Sadio? <laughs> um, moving on, we'll go Bournemouth to Villa Zero, which I think was also a bit of a surprise result. Um, yeah. Bournemouth, that was a gutsy performance. I don't know if you guys saw, but um, before the season started, they basically had no available uh, centre-backs. They, they had no one. Basically, they hadn't signed anyone since the start of last, since the end of last season. They signed Tavernier from Middlesbrough. But really, I think the expectation was they'd go straight back down. So this is, um, that's, that's a massive result for them to get a, a scalp straight up of uh, a proven Premier League side and Steven Gerrard. Do you think there's reason for concern or Villa... Yeah, what do you make of Gerard and Villa in general this season? Well, to be honest, I'm still scarred from their gutless performance to let City win the Premier League in the last end of the season. Like, gutless. You're up 2-0. Like, it was Best honestly, 90 minutes of my life. It was honestly QPR all over again. It was actually frustrating to watch. I believe in um, Coutinho and Danny Ings and obviously love Martinez as the keeper. I think he's one of the coolest keepers in the Prem. Yeah. Love how he celebrates and is all funky. But I don't know. I'm also conscious to saying that, like, the first the first week of the Prem is not um, a representation of how it's going to be. I think, like, City last year either drew or lost in the first week. Yeah, they took right? some warming up. I can't remember, um, but yeah. But guess we'll see. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you as, like, pod host, like, what is it with teams that come up in the Premier League to not, um, you know, do some, like, key transfers to um, get them a side that, like, is Premier League standard. Do they just keep 
their plays as as is and because they can gel because they know how to work together like what's with out signing i don't really understand it yeah it's a it's a hard one I, there's not any particular reason you, and you do see some teams come up that, that spend an absurd amount right and it, it actually doesn't even help them right like you have how many times i've seen like yeah literally fulham or norwich come up spend a zillion dollars on new signings and then go straight back down so it's not always it's not always a, a, a quick fix. Um, you got to also remember they've just won the league in the championship. So they're still, I mean, they, they know what they're up for when they, they do come up, but they are um, they are on that high still. And to some extent, keeping that same, as you sort of alluded to, that same core group of players together, I think th- there is an argument for, for that, especially if you think you're good enough. Like, you know, there's no reason not to. But on the other there, there is a balance because they, I, don't, I think people underestimate the, still underestimate the, Golf in talent between the Premier League and the Championship. It's a massive step up. Um, so sometimes, massive. yeah, finding the, the making sure that you, you find that balance is, is really important. But yeah, that was um, that was a really interesting result. Uh, moving on, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention as well is that Scotty Parker, by the way, is an unbelievable manager. Unbelievable. I don't know if you guys have seen clips of him, but he is the most inspirational. Or anyone listening to the pod. I would um, recommend going out and listening to any clip of him because he is that man. You would go to war for him. So maybe there is something special brewing at uh, Bournemouth this season. Tiny stadium as well, like 10K. Where was he before? He's an incredible person. I know that. Yeah. Abs- and he did, yeah, in his, in his playing career, he was amazing for West Ham. Um, but yeah, big things to come possibly from, from Bournemouth. Moving on. Who's your, um, who's your football hero? In general, full him? stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be Chelsea player, Frank Lampard, probably. The all-time, in terms of the all-time favourite. But, um, yeah, him or drug bar, you'd have to say. Um, moving on, we'll go to Newcastle 2, Forest 0. Um, what do you lads make of Newcastle this season and, and in general? Actually, didn't get it, didn't get across that one, if I'm, if I'm, being, if I'm being frank. Nah, that's all right. Uh, Newcastle teetered with the uh, bottom of the ladder f- the whole time last season. I feel like, you know, I, I always get nervous watching them for such a big club. I I, I feel like they've they've got like a new um who, who they have they got a new um owner as of la- end of last season. Yeah, they've got the it's like the Saudi government or like the Qatari government. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> something of that nature. Um. I don't know. I always, I always just feel a, a, a little bit like, you know, they, they wish for their old days, Newcastle, and there's just nothing really to them anymore. So um, I, I hate watching it. I hate watching it. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, Newcastle an interesting one. They've made some, some interesting signings. Trippier, I think, will be really good. This result was, was pretty much as expected, but they might be onto something special. They've, um, Eddie Howe, as well as a good manager, um, and and yeah, and there could be big things happening. Um, we'll move on. Spurs four, Southampton one. What do you guys think Spurs-y. of that? Spurs. Um, it's a bit scary. Well, isn't watching it? them go, yeah, watching them go down one 0 was absolute ecstasy. It's like that's a ban- banter. <laughs> Me mate Josh Flanco Pianco. Shout out Josh Pianco if you're watching the pod. Um, Scotch Scotch starter. Yeah. Lethal right foot. Um, Quote, won't unpack him too much because his head's already too big. <laughs> shout out, Josh King. Shout out. Um, what did I think? I think it was great. I think it was really 
I love Kulikevsky. He is. Yeah, he's an absolute gun. Absolute gun. Do a left foot. Do a left foot like like some of the best of them. Unbelievable. Um, and yeah, what he tore the second half in particular, he tore that game apart. Like, and at points last season, it was all about obviously Son and Kane, but like he's the third one in there that the potential joker in the pack. Like he, he could be anything this year. I reckon. Um, he was unbelievable. Kulikevsky. Yeah, he was unbelievable, unbelievable. And you just feel like Conte, like he's a winner. I've always thought he's a winner. And scary man, though. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, and like with 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 Conte, like you score a goal, he's your best friend. Yeah. You fuck up, you want to fucking run and hide. It's so ironic that because Kane. Kane is like obviously like a statistically slow start to every season, and um, there's, there's nothing Conte really like does about that, and he keeps the positivity there, and he keeps um, obviously playing him because he is a star striker. But like the fact that he just is so slow to every season, to every Premier season, it's just it's it's a weird phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Lippy, you had an an audacious sort of controversial statement before about Pep, but until Harry Kane. Has some silverware <laughs> to his name. Like he, he ain't it. Like he, he can bang as many goals as he wants. Like yes, he knows what the goals are. Cool. No one's gonna remember it. And he had his time to move to City and whatever with Harry Kane. To be honest. Yeah. It's um. It is a tough one. Son, on the other hand, is you can't not like him, right? Like. I love Son, but yeah, I'm thinking as well. Like, mate, how hard is that? Go on, go to the Real Madrid, the Bayern Munichs of the world. Like, go win something, my guy. You know, you're a legend. Yeah. You escaped a military service in South Korea. Go yeah. on, win something for your family. <laughs> yeah, the, absolutely. The most consistent, the most consistent fight you'll ever hear from a Tottenham fan is, uh, they don't win, they don't win, they don't win anything. But have you heard that Son and Kane are the best duo striker? Yeah, yeah. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, who cares, <laughs> Literally, eh? Yeah. Literally, do something. Yeah. Literally. Cool. Like, like we've got so Spurs are playing Chelsea on Sunday night, I think, this week, right? And I'm probably gonna be watching with my housemate and good friend uh, Josh Pianco, who's a massive Spurs fan. If Spurs beat us 2-0, I'm not gonna give a fuck. Like <laughs> That's the best thing with like the banter you have against Spurs fans is like foolproof. Like you cannot <laughs> lose. They can yeah. beat you. Like, like Old Trafford, like they beat. I think they beat United. I think six one. It was literally a demolition derby. <laughs> Win a trophy, champ. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be funny. And I actually, I actually don't want to dedicate any more time um, on this pod speaking about Spurs yeah, because like, who cares? <laughs> Literally, who cares? Well, this whole, right now, the, the, the four minutes on the straight red pod was probably the most irrelevant, prolific moment in the club Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, they'll put it in their trophy room. They got four minutes on the straight red pod. <laughs> uh, so next we'll move to the uh, City game, which was West Ham 0, Man City 2. Uh, can we just put some respect on Erling Haaland's name for one second? Wow, wow, wow. Watch out, defenders of the Premier League. It, yeah. I, 
you you were looking for before the season started. I felt like you were looking for a reason to doubt him and to to give re- ah you know the German league is not as good. Ah, uh, you know he's really going to struggle against Premier League defenders. Yada yada yada. Like that man is going to score buckets of goals in the Prem. Buckets. Yeah, agreed. And I think that the the inaugural members of the pod, uh, Josh Laffner and Aaron Robin, spoke about it. Like the confidence on, on the bloke is just. It's absolutely infectious. He's he's 22 years old. What were you doing at 22? Mate, I've got no idea. You know what? And to walk into a team like that and effectively kick out star strikers like Sterling and Gabriel Jesus is just unbelievable for him to, to in effect, just be this, the the final nail in the Premier League coffin. (laughs) That is, that is Man City, you know, winning it all over again. It is I just, you can just see the future after this game. It's it's absolutely crazy. Put bets down. Agreed. And as much as I absolutely hate City, I, I'm i a football fan and I'm loving seeing Harlan in the Premier League. Uh, like, yeah. He's just class. Like, obviously, the first goal to get the penalty, the fact he's so big, but he's also so quick and he got there so so fast to win the pen. His, and yeah. then, His first 10 steps, sort of, uh, I just... Yeah. And it's over. It's, it's over before it's begun, really. Like, And did you see when De Bruyne played that ball for the second goal? He put his head down and just, like, he knew it was on. Yeah. And he's just like a freight train. And when he's in front of goal, opens his body, left foot. It's over. So simple. Was, uh, quite interestingly, like, I was reading that, you know, ironically, Pep, Pep style football is obviously, like, quite different to what Harlan likes. It's, it's, it's very much a pass, pass, pass um, type of game and build up the play to get that goal. But Harlan is like, play me through. That's all That's all I need. And just like none of this pitter-patter one-two stuff. We're just getting the ball up the front behind the defenders and I will punish it. So I wonder how Pep's feeling about like his, you know, artistry of football being kind of like ripped apart by this, you know, god of a striker just coming in and... Like that, that was his goal. His goal was a penalty, and his goal was a ball from halfway through the back line. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah right in front of his. Yeah. When yeah. But that was it. when the chance came came up to sign Harlan, you feel like you just take that ten times out of ten. If he says he wants to play for you, you just pay whatever and you just get him in and you change your system to work it around him. And that's that's really it. Like he's that good. He's, he's a prodigy. An artist. He's an artist. He is he's an, an artist. Football. An overrated artist. The, the first thing I thought when I guess I watched the first game and every year with City for the past sort of four or five years, I asked one question. Okay, so now are they going to win the Champions League? Are they going to shirk off the, the curse of like faltering at, at the at the quarter or semis? And yeah. with this team, you'd, you'd think so. But I guess obviously, yeah. funny game football. <laughs> Uh, lads, in the interest of time, uh, we won't go through every game. So I do want to get to United. I know there's a bit to unpack there. Let's. Um, oh wait, can we? Can we? Can we skip? Yeah, we can. Let's go straight to United. I think that's what the listeners want to hear, right? <laughs> no, like, can we not talk about? Oh, United? can you skip? Oh, I mean, I don't know if we can. That's the whole reason I brought you on the pod today. I wasn't actually expecting the the, the intense get up from Addy, which is making this. It's going to make this much better. But we we do have to talk about it. Um, yeah. Wow. Let's do it. I mean, it's not really wow. Like, is it wow? What do you guys think? Um, what was your it, take? For me personally, it it's a mixture of emotions. It is definitely wow and an 
incredible, incredible um, feeling of, of disappointment, but not, not shock, like, oh, not this again. And I guess when I saw Ten Hag get appointed and you read the stories about him, he's a disciplinarian, he took Ajax, uh, Ajax, sorry, to a semis in, in the Champions League with, like, not an amazing squad. He was coming in and sort of putting all these rules in place. You felt as though he was this man who was respected, which is something you want. That's something we missed from the Fergie era. We were getting those performances under the way in the preseason. But this performance was just literally one out of ten. It was insipid. <laughs> it lacked like scathing commentary, structure, energy, tenacity, everything. It was literally abhorrent. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a long season. It's, it's going to be a very long season. Uh, yeah, like, I'm trying to dissect what went wrong. Like, what went wrong is moment. that, in my opinion, is that you started with largely the same team that ended last season where you had nothing, your worst nothing season. Nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing changed. Well, the manager and, and, did, but the players didn't. And Yeah, but the manager changed also mid-season last year. Yeah, like, it, true. It, that is not a factor. Like, it's, yeah. it's another spoke on the wheel. I want someone to break the wheel. <laughs> Agreed. I, yeah. I think that, um, you know, the team was built around Ronaldo and he toyed with them um, and in the um, yeah. end of season about, you know, what's he going to do? And we didn't know. I'm actually curious whether, like, Justin, are you a Ronaldo in, he's got, or Ronaldo out, he's too toxically good to... Um, I'm, also, I'm also curious. It's, it's an incredible, incredible question, something which I've tried to dissect. To answer that, when Ten Hag came in, you have a strong coach who doesn't want to be fucked with. Like, you want a Fergie kind of operator... No player is bigger than the club. That's what you need. But unfortunately, Cristiano Ronaldo is synonymous with, with football. And, and being bigger than other play- clubs. Yeah. Any other player who would have done what he'd done and thrown his toys out the cot like he did, they would have said, okay, you're dropped. Like, you're not here. I think maybe his whole debacle has had something to do with, like, just having this, like, stain on, on United starting the season. I love Ronaldo. He was our best player last year. But I understand his perspective that he doesn't want to um, yeah. play in the Europa League. He's had like 19 leagues in the Champions League. He has every, yeah. every single sort of... Um, but you can't yeah. do what's good for the fucking player. you got to do what's good for the club. And it, it's hard yeah. to say that Ronaldo, at the end of all this, you know... It, and, and you know what sucks about it is that like he was a star player. Like the team crumbled around him and he still was that shining knight who scored all the goals. But that wasn't Great. good enough. It, it was a shocking season and it's all going to happen again because, you know, they, they, and they also want to believe that they're not just Ronaldo. They want to believe. There's a bit of roma- romance uh, about it, isn't it? Like the old United, like yeah. the really, it was a team. It was a team's team, not a player's team, if that makes sense. Uh, they, yeah, they yeah. fantasize about like, yeah. you know, they, they built up something, but. They didn't yeah. do it last season. It wasn't just a coach problem. It was a attitude problem. And it's it's going to be a long season. Agreed. And, like, Ronaldo is definitely not the answer to our problems. He's 37. He can stay up at the top and score some bangers and do some incredible things, of course. But, like, we don't, we don't need that. We need everything stripped by the guts. Have uh, 19 to 23-year-olds playing in the first team and for some manager to come in and build a system. And we need to finish seventh, sixth, sixth. And it's a project. And it's a project. And it's a project. Like when Jurgen Klopp came into Liverpool. Like Like what Arteta is doing now, yeah. 
Yeah, like it's a project, exactly. Listen, I'll give, give you a piss poor analogy, but when I was under 15s, I didn't make representative Hakoa football. And I was playing left back. And now you have a cousin time. who plays for West Ham. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah exactly. exactly. I was playing left back at the time, didn't make reps, and I thought I'd go down to park football and come out as the star striker. The star striker, never played striker in my life. And the whole team was like, oh my God, we signed a rep player. This is going to be amazing. Let me tell you, we did not score or win a single game the entire season. I was dog shit. <laughs> uh, you can't just get a quote-unquote superstar or who you think and, and then come into a team and change things up. You need the whole foundation of the team to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just I for a second, just for a second as well, <laughs> credit to Brighton. Like, United were course, terrible, like, but... Credit to Brighton. They are brilliantly managed. Graham Potter is a brilliant manager. And Danny Welbeck is an underrated striker in the Premier League. Um, just I, don't I feel like he goes, I feel like Danny Welbeck goes out to these games like against United and it's like, I've got I'm gonna prove to you. Like I, I this is this is what I could have done for you guys. And you know, it's always enjoyable even as a United fan seeing, you know, the talent he is come out and yeah. absolutely tear it up. Game after game as well, like it's amazing what players yeah. do in different teams. Yeah, you know, he's a very good footballer as well. Solly March. Ah, yeah. Solly March for, for Brighton. Their whole team's good, um, and they've they've lost like their two best players. They lost Basuma and Mope. Is he still there? I don't know if he's still there. Wow, where yeah, where is Mope? Not sure. They've got Tariq Lamptey. I also really rate. Um, yeah. And. And yeah, and they've just got a real and Adam Lalana, Pascal Gross, Leandro Trossard. They've got a really, really, really good team. Um, they're going to just stay. They're not. They're staying in the Premier League. Oh, uh, absolutely. Not, I, I think they could challenge for for top seven, eight teams. Honestly, if they play well enough, if they can keep consistent, get a good run of injuries. We'll see. Yeah. They they came. They they had a plan. They hatched that plan. They smashed United. That's simple. Um, yeah. And as as a United fan, and like I've been watching football for, for many years, like it's just so sad how coming to Old Trafford used to be like you're you're not coming away with anything. If we're winning, and if you're lucky, you'll get a point, and a point was a victory. Now in 2022, I think every single Premier League club comes to Old Trafford saying we can beat these fuckers. Yeah, absolutely. I- they don't go to Anfield. Yeah. They don't go to Ed the Eddie had saying oh. we're getting a point here. Or they, they set up with five at the back oh. and, you know. Yeah, I mean, those teams, like a team like City or Liverpool and, and who knows, maybe even Arsenal this year, they control these like smaller little squads. They control the game. They get so many chances. United have been doing this for six years. They've been like aimlessly passing the ball around the box with mm-hmm. no intention, no system, not coming in from behind. You're playing Christian Eriksen. I love the guy. I hope you're feeling better. Like he had brutal. A he literally died you know? on pitch. Like, he was. It's like we got rid of Mata. It's not a charity. Agree. No, but he didn't do anything. Like, yeah, you you could you could find a great pass, but like, so can I. Like, that, that was the first game, first time United had lost the first game of the season since 2014 against Swansea. I remember that game. Yeah, they haven't lost it since the. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think it's just the, the lack of investment in the team, and it's hard, you know, with with 
the state United are in these days to actually attract players that want to come and play for you, right? That's the other problem for them as well. They have to don't overpay have for everyone. Scouts? Like, don't they have scouts for this? Like, isn't their job to spend, um, you know, the season to find players that can fill the void? Like, fill up the midfield. Yeah. Like, we lost Pogba. Like, Fred and like, McTominay are not up to scratch. Like, not up to scratch oh, at all. They are so bad. <laughs> they are so bad. Honestly, on, on that day, like... Darby Dexter would have done a better job. Shout out Darby Dexter. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great shout out. Um, shout out to Darby Dexter. You know, you know, I'm just, just to like, you know, if that's the last game we touch upon it, like I, I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I don't know if I'm getting like all these same vibes, the same energy of like, you know, the season we're going to see is going to be the exact same. I know it's not good to, you know, bet, bet the house on the first game, but City came out roaring and they're going to do that for all season. Liverpool are going to put in a great effort and we're going to uh, watch Probably them. Probably can't, just you know, short. The title, I'm not, not going to get it. Um, Arsenal, Tottenham, they're going to keep um, playing their, you know, coming up football and they're still not going to get any titles, but everyone's going to enjoy them. Chelsea, no one's going to enjoy watching. Harsh. Compete for nothing. And uh, Man United is going to be a disappointment. It's it's just the same season over again, but like, you know, Optus Sports makes it all the better. So. <laughs> By the way, fuck Optus Sport. Don't care what you say. <laughs> but can we keep, can we keep what? I'm, I'm, what do you mean? Hold on, hold on. What, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I am a fan of um, the platform and the content they produce, but the recent um, move to freeze existing Optus customers out of their, um, of their accounts and make them pay for the full Optus Sport package um, has not gone down well in the Lipshot household. I'll, I'll tell are you, you Are you running? Are you running? I was getting a free membership by my auntie, um, and now I have to pay. <laughs> Are you telling me you're running a footballing podcast and you don't want to pay $11 a month for Premier League? <laughs> no, i tell you what it meant. It meant that when I logged in to watch the Premier League at five minutes to midnight on Saturday night and realized that I had to pay, I whipped out the credit card immediately, immediately and paid it with that question. Yep. Um, but boys, I think um, that's about it. We'll wrap it up there. Um, unless you have any other final comments on United, I'm sure you have a few. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I would love to speak about, like, because uh, I love Manchester United so much and it's always been such a negative sort of um, conversation. I want to bring back to, like, a bit of the old days and, and, and why I love Man United so much. Won't take much too much of your time, champ, but <laughs> Wayne Rooney, one of my favourites, absolutely love and adore him. We'll do another pod where we are uh, purely nostalgia. We'll talk only United Legends, only the happy days. And I'll bring you both back and we can be smiling at the end of it rather than with frowns in our faces. I'm pathetic. <laughs> I'm pathetic. I'm clutching onto the memories yeah. of Wayne Rooney. Yeah, you live with the present, you fucking loser. <laughs> Put on this year's journey. No, you're right. This is a safe space. This is a safe space, this pod. But, um, lads, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure, as always. Um, I'll be up in Sydney in a few weeks, and we'll run it back. But thank you for your time. Um, thank you for still listening, um, and to all the loyal followers, all the United fans out there. I'm here for you. Um, I've been there, and um, there's always next season, as they say. <laughs> but see you later. Oh